Wait, first of all, happy Chinese New Year to everyone. Yeah. Come on, happy Chinese New Year to everyone. Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's go. Today is still Chinese New Year, right? It's the seventh day, and the seventh day is the day of humanity. I don't know why it's the birthday of everybody. Is everybody's birthday today, is it? I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. All I know is that it's a day of humanity and it's everybody's birthday according to Chinese culture. So, happy Chinese New Year and uh, happy, continue the feast and, and then you can fast afterwards. <laughs> okay, so today we are going to start our study in the book of Ruth. All right, it's only four chapters in the entire book, but it is power-packed, all right? It's power-packed. And there's so much to learn from the book of Ruth. And I want to entitle my message this evening, Hope in the Midst of Hopelessness. Hope in the Midst of Hopelessness. So I'm going to read now the first five verses of Ruth chapter 1. It's not up there, but never mind, just hear me out. So if your Bible turn to the book of Ruth chapter 1, verse 1, to verse 5. In the days when the judges ruled, there was famine in the land. And I shared with you earlier in, the, in my overview of Ruth that all the occurrences of Ruth happened during the time of the judges when everything spiraled downwards for the nation of Israel. So in the midst of hopelessness, even then, God was lighting a light. There's hope for Israel at that moment in the midst of hopelessness. A man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab, so they migrated from Israel to Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, the wife's name Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Marlon and Kilion. They were Ephraimites, Ephratites rather, from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Opah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there for about 10 years, both Marlon and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Now it's very strange because not only did the two sons die, but it is very strange that after 10 years, there was no children. Something is not right. Don't you think so? After, unless they don't want children. But it's unlikely, right? After 10 years, both Opa and Ruth no record of having a child. Something is not right. So Naomi was left without her two sons, and in one stroke, three widows Naomi, Opa, and Ruth. And when she heard in Moab, after 10 years, that the Lord had come to the aid of his people back in Israel by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. So here we see 
a situation of hopelessness for Naomi and the family in a hopeless situation where they were living in a foreign land. I believe that they had some tinge of guilt because later on of what Naomi said, I don't call me Naomi, which is sweet. Call me Mara, which is bitter. There was a tinge of regret, even blaming God, maybe. She lost a husband. She lost her two sons. And she lost a large portion of their wealth. How do I know that? Because in Jerusalem chapter 4, they had to redeem their land. So in that days, when you have land, hey, you're not poor, you know, you know what I mean? So you're not rich, you're not poor, but probably upper middle class. So they've lost land. So because they left Israel, so when they went back, they lost the land. That's why chapter 4, they had to redeem it back. So they are not poor. So they have lost a large portion of their wealth. And clearly, the future looks very very bleak. I want to apply this right at the beginning here. In the context of Ruth chapter 1, that I sense as I was preparing this message that over the last two or three years of the pandemic, many of you, many of us suffered financially, economically, emotionally, psychologically, and even spiritually. And now that we have come out of the pandemic, I believe that we are not fully recovered yet. Why? Because I keep hearing up to today, people still traumatized. Business are still slowly picking up, some faster, some slower, and some not at all. So in a sense, if I were to contextualize what happened in Ruth at that time to the present day, you can say that most of us came out of a, an atmosphere of hopelessness, not only for you, for the country, but globally, with the Ukraine war some more. So, so I want to ask this question. What kept Naomi and Ruth going? What enabled them to somewhere along the line find hope in the midst of hopelessness? They could have very well caved in, you know. They could have very well have given up, and many people have given up today. So I want to encourage you, okay, as I, as I share this message from Ruth chapter 1, in the context of Scripture, I want to give you hope. I want to share with you three postures from this passage, how you and I can receive hope. And, and I don't know what things will, how things will pan out in the coming days. I really don't know, understand? But that's why this message is very important. I want you to pay attention to me, not only for what has happened, but maybe also for what will happen, understand? That in times of hopelessness, how do we find hope? What kept them going?
three things. The first thing that you and I must have Can you help me? The first posture is what I call you and I must have an unshakable conviction in our belief system. You must have. I deliberately use the word unshakable. Conviction. In God. Because if you don't have that, you will be shaken. You will be like the wind that blows your faith and you will be turning and tossing left, tossing right. You know the word God or Lord is mentioned 10 times in chapter 1 of Ruth. Why? Because if you ask me who is a central figure in the entire book, it is not Naomi, it is not Boaz, it is not Ruth. It is God. It is God. Because we miss him out. We think that everything happened without God. But no, I can't count it. Ten times. Ten times. In the midst of hopelessness, God is still there. God is God. So I want you to, 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 to agree with me, to believe with me, that in the midst of trials, difficulties, tribulations, reversals, God is still there, and God was still there. And I saw it ten times. Not only just believe in the presence of God, but the fundamentals of your faith. Who do you believe in? And I shared with you earlier, right, about, about Kong He, right? Everything was shifted away. Silence. Until he came to the acknowledgement and the consciousness and the awareness that everything really does not matter. What is that in prison? And Jesus said to him, Am I not enough? Now listen to me very carefully. We are only at the beginning of the year. We are still in January, you know. We still got 11 months to go. Are you sure that no reversals will happen to you? Am I sure? No. So right at the outset, I want to encourage you Tell yourself, my friend, tell yourself that at the end of the day, I must have an unshakable conviction in God. And that's what happened in verse uh, 6, 7, and 8. Let, let me just put it up on the screen now so that you all know what I'm talking about. It's not working. So, when Ruth heard, or Naomi heard in Moab, that the Lord had come to the aid of his people. See, I told you, God is still there, you know, right? In the midst of hopelessness, God, 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 even though you question God, but still it is God, my understand? 
So verse 8 and 9, Naomi then said to her two daughters, daughters-in-law, go back, each of you to your mother's home. May the Lord, isn't it amazing? The mother-in-law said this to the daughters-in-law, show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant you, each of you, find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them and they wept. Well, no, in other words, the mother-in-law is blessing the daughters-in-law in the Lord. But she is suffering. Don't you think so? She is so, don't call me, call me Mara. But she says, no, the Lord, the Lord. So the, the point I'm making is this. Right at the outset of this year, make sure that your conviction in God and in Jesus and in your Christian faith cannot be shaken no matter what. Now, I, I, I compliment some of you. I compliment some of you. I applaud some of you. Why? Because I know that some of you are going through, have gone through difficult times. Sicknesses, financial turmoil, pain, family problems. I know. And I applaud you for standing firm in God, that you're still believing in God no matter what. And I, and I remember very fondly, even those that have died, Pastor Lichu and I visited this lady who was the wife of one of our key URM members in, in Sarawak. In, was it Kuching or Sarawak? I can't remember now. It was Kuching, right? She was, she was coming to the, the end of her life with stage 4 cancer. So we visited her. But the amazing thing is when we visited her, there was such peace, so much serenity, so much affirmation and assurance there was no rancor, no anger, no bitterness. And even as we left that visit, we knew that this was the last time we would ever see of her unless God worked a miracle and God didn't. She passed away. And I remembered another lady who, who was serving God, also stage 4 lung cancer. Right almost to the end when she couldn't serve God anymore. And the joy, and I applaud those of you who... who who have, in spite of problems, hopelessness situations, have, have still stuck on with God. I applaud you. But at the same breath, I fear for so many of you. I fear for you. Because I know your faith is so strong. As the pastor of the church, I fear for you. I know that. When things go on right, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. But I can't guarantee you that things will go on right like that all the time. Nobody can. And as I look at your faith, I fear for you. I really do, my friend, I really do. That is why at the beginning of this year, in the context of Ruth chapter 1, with the strength of the faith that Ruth and Naomi had, I imparted to you today, you must stand firm in your unshakable conviction. Look, this is the beginning of the year. 
Even after the New Year holidays, this place is quite packed out, even upstairs as well. But the trend every year is after Chinese New Year, everybody chow. <laughs> the trend is after Chinese New Year, half of you will go. Every year is the same. Will this year be different? I ask you. Have an unshakable conviction that no matter what, you still will come to church to worship the Lord. No matter what happens, God is not your ATM machine. Understand? Just because God didn't give you that deal or didn't bless you or whatever it is, you leave the church. So you ask me, Pastor, what unshakable convictions must I have? Four things. These are the four unshakable convictions you must have. Help me. Number one, God is good. Number two, God is sovereign. Number three, God is always in control. And number four, God cares. Come on, let's give God a good clap offering. Shall we do that? If you believe it, upstairs, downstairs, once again, this God a good clap offering. Whoa! So, so I, I want you now to repeat this after me yeah, because I'm going to repeat this several times. And I want you to, to have this ingrained in your spirit, man, even after this message, right until December this year. All right? These are the four things you must always remember and must be unshakable in your, con, in your belief system. All right? Now, what are the four things? All right, you repeat, repeat after me. Number one, everybody say. Number two. Number three. Number four. You must believe this. Understand? No matter what, He's a good God. There's no tinge of evil in Him. Understand? He's not here to harm you. There's no malice in Him. He's sovereign, meaning that He, he reigns still on the throne. And he's in control. He's not out of control, understand? No. And I told you how many times it's not enough for God to be in control, but he cares for you. You must believe it. Listen to me, you must believe it. Even when you have there's sudden death in the family, understand? We just had a sudden death in, in our church. You know how traumatic that is? You know how traumatic that is? One moment, mom is there. Next moment, she is not there. But we went to the wake service. Yes, there was sorrow. There's nothing wrong with sorrow. But there is still conviction, understand? There is still belief that God is in control. You never give up on God just because you are sick, just because things don't go on well. You never do that. And you'll be tested. Exactly what happened here. As I read Ruth chapter 1, how, how, how horrific can you get? 
But you might say to me, Pastor, it's okay for you. You seem to live a life of rosy pathways. You're so fit. You're 76 years old. You're so fit. I am fit. You know, you, 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 you seem to have everything. No, I don't have everything, but I'm, I'm contented, understand? But let me share with you in a short while something that will shock you where my faith was tested recently. But before I do that, let me share with you the second essential ingredient or posture. In order for you and I to navigate through not only this year successfully, but the rest of our days on planet Earth, because you and I have no guarantee of what is going to happen tomorrow. Am I speaking sense? So the second thing you and I must have as we stand in the threshold of a new year, besides an unshakable conviction in God, in the goodness of God, in the sovereignty of God, in the control of God, and in the care of God, is you and I must have an unremitting commitment to a cause higher than ourselves. What do I mean? The word unremitting means incessant. Don't give up. Relentless. Come hell or high water. You, you, you hold on to it. It's a... I wrote it down. It's not relaxing or slackening. Resolute. Consistent. Persistent. In other words, you, 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 you don't give up. Not only to God, but to a cause. Your purpose in life. If you don't have that, when sickness come, when reversals come, everything that you put your hope in, your material wealth, your reputation, your family, all, all of these are taken away, you have nothing left. But when you and I are fired in this life on planet Earth with a cause higher than ourselves, it doesn't matter, right? And that cause is an eternal cause. Why do you think I do what I do today? You tell me. Do you think I don't want to go and work and earn my big bucks? Why? Because way back in 1998 or six, I can't remember now, I believe in it. I believe. I believe in what I do. And the Lord has, up to today, never disappointed me. And coming back to this passage, where, where did I get this from? It's what Ruth said in this memorable words that has been quoted ad nauseum, in other words, many, many times, in verse 16, Ruth said to Naomi, don't urge me, don't urge me to leave or to turn back from you. Why? Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. 
Your people will be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Whoa! Your cause, my cause. And you must remember that she is a Moabitess. You see? He's not a Jew. He's not a Jew. It's remarkable, right? In other words, for 10 years, something of Naomi rubbed onto Ruth. What was that? Her, Naomi's belief in God. That Ruth, when she looked at her mother-in-law, saw something that is worth dying for. Not living for, huh? because you say, where you die, I'll die. Ma. So she saw something in Naomi worth dying for. Hear me very well. In this life, everything else is very important. I'm not saying they're not important. But there's nothing more important than the cause of the cause of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. You may say, Pastor, just because you're a pastor, you talk like that, right? No, I was still talking like that ever since I became a Christian. Right? I didn't start talking like that the moment I went full-time. And I said, oh, no, I wasn't like that one. Right throughout my entire life, the moment I became a Christian, I was so convinced, so convinced. Of course, I went away for a while. But I came back. When I came back and I found my magnetic north, I never turned back. That's why the song so good. No turning back, no turning back, right? The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. And this is exactly what I'm trying to say to you today. Will you turn back? Will you turn back? You'll be tested. Thank you, Jeremy, is it? You'll be tested, you know. You will be tested. And that's my point. The reason why Ruth can do this to Naomi and record it in Scripture is because she's so sure of what she's living for, understand? She's literally leaving behind something as emptiness, no husband, no money, and now following Naomi into the future into the unknown future. Do you remember or not the, my quadrilogy of messages to you? Right? Last year, I shared with you four messages, one after the other, number one. Towards the end of last year, I shared with you, look at 2023 as a new beginning for your life. Don't treat this year of the rabbit. No, I, I, I'm not. Year the rabbit, right? Don't treat this new year as another new year. Don't treat 2023 as another year. I, in my spirit, and Pastor Dichu and I feel the same, that this year is a defining year for all of us. I don't know why. So you and I must now decide this year is going to be a new beginning. Because God is going to be with you. And even as we step into the future, do you remember my watch night service to you, to Jeremiah 29 verse 11? We have an unknown future, but a what? A known God. Thank you. That was very good. 
And then when we have an unknown future and a known God, we can now move forwards to take frontiers. Correct or not? Come on, let's give God a good clap of Can we do that? So I, I shared with you, very important, in my overview of Ruth, and I want to repeat that, nah, that two things you must decide this year as we have an unshakable conviction and an unremitting commitment is who do you identify with and who do you choose to live your life for? Because if you don't decide on these two key issues, you will find that by the time March comes, April comes, you are tossed and turned by every wind of doctrine. And before long, you are lost and totally disorientated. You have to decide. Right at the beginning now, who do you choose to identify with? In your workplace, in your pastime, in your recreation, in your company that you keep, in the values that you have, in the choices that you make for your family, you choose. But these are very important. So for, for Ruth, she chose rightly, right? Your God, my God. Where you go, I will go. Is, is that choice? Yeah. Is that identification? Yeah. So you decide. Okay? So you decide today, right now, this service. An unshakable conviction in God, no matter what. An unremitting commitment to a cause. And for me, I'm drawing an analogy now. Huh? When Ruth tells Naomi, your people is my people, the modern context, the people of God is the church of Jesus Christ. So you decide. So you have to identify yourself with something tangible, understand? You know what I'm saying? I'm not asking you to identify yourself with something mystical, something vague, something virtual, no. So when, 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 when Ruth tells Naomi, your people is my people, and they went to Israel for the first time, do you know that Ruth had never stepped foot in Israel? Do you know that? For the first time, she stepped foot on Israel and everybody in town knew that she's not a Jew. And yet, she identified herself with the people of God. So I contextualize it to you. The people of God is the church of God. So if you have to identify with a group and a people of God, it has to be the church. Not your rotary club, not the golf club khaki, not your drinking khaki, not your cycling khaki, not your squash khaki, not your tennis khaki. It has to be the church of Jesus Christ. I'm challenging you. Because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, I think, he says, I will build my church. And what? What, what will happen? And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you believe it? If Jesus says, I will build my church, don't you think you, build his, you should build his church? Rather than building something else? 
There's nothing wrong with building your empire, nothing wrong with building your, your reputation, nothing wrong with that, understand. But where, as I ask you, where is God in all of this? Where is church in all of your equations? Where, where, where is it? No. This year, can I encourage you to have an unremitting, unshakable, relentless, incessant commitment to a cause of advancing God's kingdom in the workplace, in your whatever that you are involved in, all right? Come on, do something, man. So you think. So I, I, I don't have the formulas for you. I'm just sharing with you principles, understand? Now, once you grasp these principles, I can say to you, this year will be wonderful, okay? And purposeful. Now, for me, I am committed to SIBKL, understand? I am committed 110% to SIBKL and right at the beginning, I want you to, to, to repeat the vision of SIBKL with me. Can you do that? Now, those of you who are new, new this is our vision statement. And this has been our vision statement for long, long, many years. And over the years, we have seen this vision getting more and more realized in the coming year by year to be, so that SIBKL is where we are today. All right? So let's all repeat this vision statement at the beginning of a new year. Is it okay with you? All right. Those at the back, those at the front, those side, up and down, let's do that. Are you ready? What is a vision statement of SIBKL? Read it loud. One, two, three. We are inspired by God to build a strong, excellent, and dynamic church to influence the nations and impact generations. Now, it's a mouthful. Let's repeat it again. Shall we do that? All right, but a second time, those of you who are new here will probably get a little bit more of it. So let's do it again. Shall we do that? Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the nations and impact generations, you know. More and more, we see this vision realized today. You see, I am, I am a very strong believer of the local church. I believe in building the local church strong. Because why? A weak church cannot influence. A, a sick church cannot help the weak. Am I right? A sick church has to help himself, right? So the church must be strong, but the healthy must be dynamic. We have to be strong. But there's nothing wrong with that, correct or not? All right? There's nothing wrong with that. So... That's my vision. And over the years, God has blessed the vision. And we are strong. We are excellent. We are not perfect. And, and we are dynamic. We are passionate for God. We are impacting the nation. And hopefully, we want to build a generational legacy. Pastor Lee Chu and I are committed to this. And that was what kept us going When we met through a severe trial about one and a half years ago, and I got permission from my wife to share this. In October 2021, the reason why I share this is because I thought to myself, just in case you think, Pastor, everything is going right for you, ma. God bless you, ma. You don't know what I'm going through, right? Wrong. 
So in October 2021, we were prepared, ready to go to Dubai to attend the Expo. Remember the Expo? They had a, a Expo, a World Expo in, in Dubai. Huh? So we thought, yeah, let's go la, a few days. Huh? After all, how often is the World Expo? I suppose every three or four years, I can't remember now. So we bought the ticket, a hotel, everything ready. And then, from a routine medical examination, we found out that Pastor Dichu had cancer. You know, at that moment, it took me some time to sink in, you know. Because we have prayed for so many people with cancer. And now, my wife has been diagnosed with cancer. Do you know that I remembered when, when she was wheeled into the OT and I was outside. I had that time for the first time in my life when all these things happened to sit down and to reflect. Because before that, so many things happened, you see. Who, which doctor to see, la, which, uh, so on and so forth, right? So I sat down and I thought, why? Why? Am I supposed to be strong? Am I supposed not to doubt? Am I supposed to, 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 to rejoice or what? I, no, there was a, a total plethora of emotions running on the inside of me. And then came the radiotherapy. 20 times, I take her to the hospital. And even then, when I came back, I still had to encourage people. I still got to smile. I still got to prepare my messages. I still had to pray for people. And I asked myself, said, Lord, when the senior pastor is down, who prays for me? Was my conviction shaken? I just confirmed with my, with my wife just recently. He said, darling, in the midst of all of this, were you shaken? She said, no. No, darling, no, not at all. I said, me too. It was almost a surrender, a resignation on these four things. On these four things that I shared with you. That God is good. He is good. Amen. That God is sovereign. Amen. He knows what He's doing. That God is in control. Amen. And He still cares. Amen. Come, read this with me. One, one, two, wait, wait. One is so. I've never had somebody reading before I say yes or no. I don't know why you're so eager to read. Okay, praise the Lord. Amen. Come on, those of you online as well, come read this with me. Come on, let's go. All right, one more time. Let's read this together. Are you ready? One, two, three. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Come on, let's give God a good clap for those online as well. 
He is a good God. And I, I want to believe that, that Pastor Lee Chu is totally healed now. Amen? Whoa! And we will continue to believe in a good God and we will serve the Lord as long as there's one breath in my nostril, understand? I will never give up. Why? Because my conviction is unshakable and my commitment is unremitting. Do the same, my friend. Do the same. There's nothing in life, nothing in life worth more than giving your life totally to Jesus Christ. And Jesus is indeed enough. So no matter what, my friend, listen to me very carefully. No matter what happens this year, understand? Must have an unshakable conviction in God. You must have an unremitting commitment to the cause of Jesus Christ and seek to advance His kingdom at every single opportunity that you have. Because the time may come that even if you want to commit and do something, you cannot, uh, you cannot walk, you cannot eat, you cannot SHIT, you cannot do anything. Understand, you know what I'm saying? While you still are strong and healthy and are able to serve the Lord. Amen. Understand? Do something to advance the kingdom of God in your workplace, whatever influence you can have. An unshakable conviction in God and an unremitting commitment to His cause. And this is the third thing. Can I have the worship team on stage? You must and I, you and I, must have what I call an unceasing conversation with God all the time. Talk to Him. Communicate with Him. Don't only talk to Him when you're in trouble. Don't only come to Him when you need Him, understand? Like ATM machine. Lord, thank you. You don't call me, I call you. No, don't do that. Every day of your life, Build up your faith. Build up your faith. Understand? Have an unceasing conversation with God all the time. And that's what I find in the entire four chapters of Ruth. Even in chapter 1, when, 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 when Ruth said this, you know, wow, I, I, I find it maybe even difficult to understand. When the two women went on till come to Bethlehem, they arrived in Bethlehem. The whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? So in other words, Naomi is recognizable. Huh? Naomi is somebody, right? Naomi is not a nobody, okay? Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because, now this is, I, 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 su I suggest there was a tinge of regret. I suggest there was a tinge of guilt. I suggest that, that when he said, the Lord Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune. So in other words, she is feeling as if God is punishing her. But God is not like that. He's not like that. Even though she had some kind of a mistaken view of God, as I read chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, She's still connected with God. 
And I want to say this, especially young people. It pains me to hear that so and so no more come to church. So and so wants to leave the church. What? Why? Why? Remember, God is good. God is sovereign. God is in control. God cares. So my friend, can I encourage you this year? Keep connecting with God. Keep attending church. If SIBKL is not good enough for you, there are plenty of good churches outside one, honestly. If we cannot meet up to your expectations, it's okay. Minta maaf. Minta maaf. Understand? But there are many, many good churches outside. By all means, grow and grow in the love of the Lord. Understand? We bless you. But don't stop coming to church and worshipping Him and honouring Him. Understand? Don't do that. Keep reading your Bible. For us in SIBKL this year, we have deliberately a Bible reading plan. And every cell, they have read 33 books this year. 33 books is half the Bible, right? So we want you to read the Bible entirely in two years. Is 33 books a lot? No. You've got to read His Word. So if you stay with us, join a cell. Join a cell and then we will pace you to help you read the Word of God. That's how you connect with God. It's like, understand? Just hearing the message once a week is not enough. Have a strong prayer life. Build your prayer altars in your life without, because we, without a strong prayer life, you'll be tossed to and fro by the winds of affliction, all kinds of things. You'll be shaken and keep serving God. Keep serving God. Alright? Just in case that some of you say, Pastor, can you help me? Uh, every Tuesday night, we got a prayer altar. And this is the prayer altar for the first two Tuesdays. This is not 10 years ago. Uh. This is only two weeks ago before Chinese New Year. People are coming to pray. You come to pray every Tuesday night. And Pastor Li Chu is committed now to teach us on, the, on prayer altars. It will be a different thing. It will be solid. It will be substantial. You come. Hey, once a week only lah. Two hours only lah. Build up your spirit, man. Let me close. You see, as I look at Ruth chapter 1, I find a tremendous change from verse 1 of Ruth chapter 1 compared to verse 22 of chapter 1. Why? This is it. Ruth chapter 1 started with gloom. It ended with joy. Wow! 
Ruth chapter 1 ended with no more hope. Ruth chapter 1 ended with there is hope. There is hope, my friend. You don't give up no matter what you're going through. Some of you are going through untold issues and problems in your life. But don't give up, please. Hang in there. Because there is hope. And in the beginning, there was famine. In the end, there was harvest. So Ruth returned from Moab accompanied, uh, sorry, Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by Ruth, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest has begun. You will remember what Pastor Philip Poe mentioned, right? The first, the first harvest is the barley harvest. It is the first harvest of the year. The barley harvest has begun. And commentators say that the whole episode of Ruth chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3 went on till the wheat harvest, which is the second harvest. That's why they, they, they left the wheat on the floor. Ma. It's wheat. So right throughout the time that Ruth was back in Bethlehem, there was a barley harvest, there was the wheat harvest, no more famine. Understand? Listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. Let this be a new beginning for you. God is with you. God is with me. Unknown future, known God. Let this be a year in which we stop languishing, understand? We stop being sucked in this spiral of, 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 of don't know what. Lah. Young people expect you. Come on. Shake yourself up, man. Pluck yourself up and let this new year be a year in which you say, Yes, Lord, it's a different year. It's a new beginning. It's a year of hope, understand? Even our government, look, there's hope, right? Come on. Let me, let me, let me close. Oh, okay, I, I, I just wanted to, us to read this, alright? It's okay with you to read this. Alright, let's all read Jeremiah 29 verse 11 and claim it for our, our own this year. Shall we do that? Alright. Are you ready? Read loud. Yeah, you read so loud just now. Loudest I've ever heard before. No, don't know why. Come on. Let's read it. Alright, are you ready? One, two, three. The poor. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope. And One more time. One more time. One more time. One. Whoa. One, two, three. For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Come on, let's give God a clap of friction. we do that. Let me close. Bethlehem is the house of bread. Come back to the house of bread. You know, Pastor Lee Chu gave this illustration when she spoke the last time. How when she was having a quiet time one morning, the wind was blowing. The storm was so, so, so ferocious. And she saw a tree, not this one, that was bent by the wind. But the reason why that wind didn't crack was because of the roots. Listen to me very carefully now. 
for 2023 have an unshakable conviction in God. Busy yourself with an unremitting commitment to a cause higher than yourself. Serve Him. And continue to have unceasing conversations with God all the time. But undergirding all of this is the fact that you know and you know with 110% that God loves you. Rooted and grounded in love. That no matter what, no matter what happens to your business, to your family, or to your health this year, remember, God is good. God is sovereign. God is in control. God cares. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives His name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He will strengthen all of you with power throughout His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, all of you, in 2023, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with everybody in this community, in the saints, to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, according to His power, that is at work within us to Him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and forever everybody say out loud give God a clap offering Amen whoa stand with me Let's spend a moment of quietness before God. Shall we do that? I just say to my spirit, what I shared with you today is so significant. That no matter what, you must remember this. Understand? You remember that. That no matter what, God is a good God. Understand? He's a good God. He wants the best for you and your family and your children. No matter what happens, this year He is sovereign He is still on the throne my friend He is still on the throne He is in control of the situation He is in control of your life your health your finances your family when I talk about your health I talk about your emotional health your physical health and your mental health and He cares for you. Wow! He cares for you. Spend a moment of quietness before God before I close. Oh, Ramanda Katarada, Sharia Katarada, Seke. I don't know how this message has impacted you. 
But I want you now in the closing stages of this service to respond to God your way. Enough of me talking. You now internalize it, my friend. You internalize it, understand? And make this yours. Make it yours, my friend. Make it yours. So you tell the Lord whatever you need to tell Him, you tell Him now. I'm going to open the altar Still have time Any one of you Who feels that this message is spoken to you And you need to find solace And strength in the Lord with whatever situation that you're going through, you come forward and allow us to pray with you, pray for you. It could be a matter of health, matter of business. It could be your direction in life, clarity of your future. It could be relationships and a family, I don't know. It could be something happened, some bad news that happened just recently and you are, don't know what to do, but you want to bring it before the Lord. I'm going to open the altar for you, believing that God will give clarity God will give you hope, understand? And pray Jeremiah 29, verse 11, into your situation. That God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, to give you shalom, in other words. Plans not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Do you believe it? You, you've got to believe it, understand? Maybe by coming forward, you say, yes, Lord. I lay this, I claim this promise to my life, my family, no matter what. So even as we sing this closing song, you come forward and let's believe that this year truly is a new beginning. Amen? A new beginning for every one of us. So whatever it is, you come with a family. Your, your loved one may not even be here today, but by coming forward, you're standing on his behalf. You're standing in proxy for that person or that uncle or that niece or that friend who is sick. Come on, let's believe God. There is hope. Even as we sing this song in closing, hide me now. Amen. The altar is open. The altar is open. Whoa. As I always say, get turned. The one square feet that you are standing into an altar, a personal altar with God, because God is still with you wherever you're standing. Understand? I want every one of you to be blessed. I want every one of you. To have an encounter with God today. Will you do that? Will you open your heart? Free up your mind with all your prejudices and preconceptions. And tell yourself He's a good God. And He wants the best for you and your family. He will never shortchange you. So in the closing moments, I'll give you a couple of minutes 
to connect with Him as we close. Do that. There are no problems that are too difficult for God to understand. All we need to do is to surrender, yield, trust in quietness and trust. Therein lies the power of God. I sense a strong presence of God in the house today. There's a wonderful, wonderful presence of God. As if to affirm you and affirm me that we are secure in Him, understand? That we are safe in Him, no matter what. No matter what. He's a good God. He's a sovereign God. He's in control and He cares for you and your family. Wow. Alright, stretch your hands to the Lord with me as I close. Stretch your high. Father, in Jesus' name, you see all these hands stretch out to you in total surrender. And you have said so, Father Lord, a broken and a contrite heart, Lord, you'll never despise. So today, we come back to you in meekness and in humility. We come to you, Father God, acknowledging we need you more than ever before. We need you in our situation to heal us, to bless our families, so that whatever that we do this year, I want to pray Psalm 91, verse 16 and 17 to you now. Psalm 90, rather. That may the beauty of the Lord, may the delight of the Lord rest upon you. Establish the work of your hands. And the psalmist repeats it one more time. Yes, yes, yes. Establish the work of your hands. That even as you surrender your hands to God today, all ten fingers, God will bless the work of your hands and you will have shalom. Not necessarily prosperity, materially understand. Prosperity, shalom. The shalom of God will be with your portion and surely goodness and love and mercy of God will follow you and your family all the days of your life as you dwell and worship and serve in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you for today. So let's already go back now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face always to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the good Lord turn His face towards you and your loved ones may not be here, may be overseas outstation. May the good Lord 
turn his face towards your entire family and always give you shalom. In Jesus' precious name, my friend, of God, we will say aloud, Amen. Whoa! Yes, so good. Everything is allowed us today. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And continue to celebrate your Chinese New Year. Amen.